We want to start this episode by acknowledging the Gadigal and the Wongal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this very podcast. We also pay our deep respect to Elders past, present and future, always was, always will be. This podcast may contain discussions about violence, drug use, and it's most definitely going to contain a lot of foul language. Hello and good evening and good day. Good day, mate. Uh, welcome to episode two, two of yeah. season four. Season four. <laughs> We've come a long way, and we're very excited uh, to bring you another Bill tonight. Bill in episode one, season four, and we got a Bill in episode two. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, also before we start, I did want to mention mm-hmm. and look. You're not under any obligation to do this. None whatsoever. Please don't feel bad for us. We're fine. But we've started a Patreon, um, mostly because I'd like to raise some funds to buy some arm microphones so that we don't, like, have hunchbacks from... We look like prawns. We have the posture of prawns, cooked ones, that is. Yeah, we're constantly... hunched over. Hunched over to get it. To use our microphones. We've got great microphones. Shout out Megan Leonard. Thank you for the hookup. Whoop, whoop. Um, but, yeah, we really need some way to sound, to, to not have crookbacks. Just so. Yeah, not to do sort of like extended damage on our spines. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also uh, we were like made it so it's cool for you too. You can get like a T-shirt or a sticker and stuff. So head over to Patreon if you want to. Will we link it? Uh, I don't know if we can, but I'll try and link it. You'll probably you you also will be able to go to our social media and find a link there. Pretty sure it's like www. <laughs> <laughs> Stands for World Wide Web. Uh, Patreon dot com slash sorry he sucks. Maybe it's sorry he sucks pod. One day I'll know. I'll tell you next week. But there will be links. Um. Also, I made a website. Yeah. Amber made a fucking website. <laughs> that has nothing. Watch out, Google. <laughs> it's got nothing of, like, interest, really. Oh, my it's God, yes, it does. But you could get that information on there because there's actually just a little button where you can be like, That's oh, true. yeah, I want to support them. Yeah. You could also find all of our past episodes. Yeah. Um, or a really fun activity, which I could not suggest more highly because I, I fucking hate writing about myself. I hate doing CVs <laughs> and resumes. Get someone who really loves you to write your bio. Um, yeah, do that. We did that. Yeah, we wrote each other's bios. And I love them. It was so nice reading them. They're just rambling love letters. Pretty much. And uh, we don't apologize for no, that. No, not for, no, sorry. Not even a millisecond. Also, we're trying to put all our show notes on there, on the website, because I only realized very recently that uh, the platform that we use um, cuts off when I cut and paste our uh, show note, when when we when I cut and like paste all our, our references links. and yeah. stuff. So if you think that we're terrible plagiarists, we're not. We're really trying. Um, they're all there. They're just uh, 
going to be on the website now and they'll probably be cut off in the show notes. Uh, anyway, that's enough. I don't want to be one of those podcasts who talks a lot in the beginning. So I'm. I think we should start right now. I'm just going to. You got get something to say? It. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I love these old white dude comedians so much. And I'm really sad that we're doing them. But um, I can hear you beginning to cry because you probably know who I'm doing. I'm doing Bill Murray. Like, I can hear you crying. <laughs> Out there. Is that Snicklefritz, though? Maybe it could it's be. The cat. It could be, be <laughs> Um He had an injection today. He's in a foul mood. <laughs> Schnick. Okay. So a long, long time ago, in September 1950, William James Murray was born. His mother, Lucille Great name. Great name. Uh, she was a male. I don't room understand clerk. the question and I won't respond to it. <laughs> um, she was a mailroom clerk and his dad, Edward, was a lumber salesman. So pretty working class, I guess. Uh, he was raised in Illinois, which reminds me of Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I knew anything about Illinois, but I totally do, besides Chicago being the big city there. Um, pretty much every single John Hughes film is set there. Yeah. Uh, season two, episode seven. It's fucking windy as shit. The Windy City, right, I get it. Is that it? No? Yeah, it's yeah, the windy yeah, yeah. City somewhere else. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> in my mind, it's just very cold and 80s in Illinois. Always. Always. And gangy, there's gangs. Oh, I didn't know that. I'd imagine there's gangs. I was more like thinking about John Hughes movies, so. Yeah, yeah that okay. makes sense. Um, Molly Ringwald, she was the leader of a very big crime family. She was Miss Illinois in 1982. <laughs> I just made that up. Oh, I, my God, I believed you. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the Murrays were Irish Catholics. And, I, Cara, I want you to just guess how many siblings that Bill has or how many of them all up. Four. Well, he has eight siblings. Oh, so there's nine. There's nine of the fuckers. And that's just too many children. Gosh. That's crazy, fucking hell. Uh, he was the fifth child huh. and he was known as the troublemaker. Classic fifth child syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear that much nowadays in no. this economy. <laughs> but look, it's a classic fifth child thing. Uh, he got kicked out of Little League, you know, like he, he was the class clown, bit of a general terror, I'd say. After high school, he went to uni to study pre-med in wow. Colorado, uh, which is pretty fancy, mm. but he only lasted like a month or something before he dropped out and went home to Chicago. He didn't like it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, he then decided to be a drug dealer. Well, we said it once, we said it before, who among us? <laughs> who among <laughs> us? At the age of 20, he was arrested attempting to smuggle nine pounds of weed through Chicago's O'Hare Airport. Bold. I was going to put that in the, like, bad stuff section of it, but I was like, I don't care about weed. It's not a fucking crime. And he was studying in Colorado, which is a very liberal place. Yeah. So I think it was the first place to legalise, right? Yeah, but it wasn't, like, legal. Back no, no, definitely then. not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it was the devil's lettuce. It was the devil's lettuce. I think at that point he was like, do I follow my dreams of being a criminal 
Or do I go and join my older brother Brian in the cast of Chicago's Second City Improvisational Comedy Troupe? Criminal? Look, (laughs) I was going to say that you can probably surmise that he went with the comedy thing and that you would be correct, so you're wrong, Cara. There's a first for everything. (laughs) Uh, So he took the comedy thing pretty seriously. Um, And in 1974, he moved to New York where he was recruited by none other than John Belushi Mm. for the National Lampoon's Radio Hour. Mm -hmm. Other notable cast members uh, ever and at that time were Gilda Radner. Love. Bad bitch. uh, Chevy Chase, Christopher Guest and Harold Ramis. Um, It was popular Like, people loved it, but because it was a bit risque, they had trouble getting, like, good, well-paid advertising. And at some point in 1975, National Lampoons did this off-Broadway show and it led to Bill being cast in a brand-new show on ABC called Saturday Night Live with Howard Kossel. And awkwardly, at the very same time... (laughs) Another show on NBC premiered called Saturday Night. Guys. Bill's ABC show was cancelled after their first season, but the NBC show where his National Lampoon mate, Chevy Chase, your mate, uh, where he starred, that just like went gangbusters and was super popular. Mm -hmm. And that became Saturday Night Live. Uh, Chevy Chevy did his thing. I think he left the show for a bit, you'll tell me, I'm sure. Um, and Bill was able to take his place on Saturday Night Live, mm. which I'm now going to say SNL, like, a, like, yeah. I, like I watch it all the time, which yeah. I don't. It's actually quite hard for, yeah. uh, difficult for us to watch Saturday Night Live slash even clips of it. Like we mm. just, you can't even watch it on YouTube. I don't know if it's In a Australia, country thing. We're not it's, allowed. I'm sure they, they're like, you should pay for it. But I think you can, maybe you can watch it on some form of pay TV, but. Maybe. I don't But, know. like, I find it funny that you can't even get, like, the YouTube clips. Yeah. Like, we're not watching an episode. We just want to see the funny gag or the funny bit. Guarding it really tightly anyway. Thou shall not pass. I don't know if it's that good anyway. So he was working with his mate. Gilda, who was also his girlfriend. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, me either. Uh, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, uh, otherwise known as Vader's dad. (laughs) (laughs) He can't see without his glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're so evil (laughs) to laugh so much at that. No, okay, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Please. Maybe. So when I was younger, I watched My Girl, right? And... This, I don't, where did I get this from as a child? I was a small child. It was like under 10. I watched it and I cried, obviously. I mean, you'd be a literal monster. I got so mad at myself because I was like, it's not even real. Why are you crying? And then I made myself watch it over and over again until I didn't cry anymore. That is bonkers. I know. We need to talk about Kevin. Yes. That's nuts. That is cuckoo's nest. Bad times. (laughs) I'm worried about who you are. 
Anyway, so the show was a big success and Bill stayed on the cast for three years. Nice. Really? I thought it would have been longer, actually. Yeah. I think they sort of came in and out. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Chevy Chase did, but I think, like, that was their time done. Right. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. Good. Uh, in 1979, the year of my birth, uh, Bill got his first movie role in Meatballs. Sounds delicious. It does. I've got some in my freezer. We've been meaning to eat them for <laughs> we weeks. Have. Next week is the week. I'm making you the Alice Meatball Rigatoni. Roman Meatballs? Mm-hmm. I want them. Um, anyway, so he was the star of the movie and it did great. Uh, after that, he was in Where the Buffalo Roams as Hunter S. Thompson, season one, episode five, if you want to hear more about him. Ooh. I've started doing what you used to do. I love it. Oh, I'm still too. doing it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm in. I like it too. I'm cross-promoting. <laughs> uh, he made a bunch of movies with Harold Ramis from Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. uh, like Caddyshack and Stripes and, you know, all among a similar theme, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and it was during the filming of Stripes in 1981 that Bilbo married Margaret Kelly, a woman who, according to the internet, is best known for marrying Bill Murray. Yeah. Shut up your ass. I found a tiny bit of... Chevy has one of those as well, but anyway. <laughs> I found a tiny, tiny, tiny bit more information about her, but not good enough. Maybe that's how she likes it and if it is good for her. Totally. Uh, he'd been working on a script for the adaptation of a book called The Razor's Edge by W. Somerset Maum. Um, and it was about this pilot who comes back from World War I totally traumatised and he's searching for meaning in his life. So, like, not your typical Bill Murray's 80s movie at no. all in any fucking That's way. That's really diverged from the formula. Yeah. So he, he's shopping it around Hollywood, but none of the production companies were interested. They were just like, no, thank you. Um, no, I don't want Bill Murray to do that. That must suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at the same time he's doing that, the studio that was making Ghostbusters was looking for a replacement for John Belushi, who had died, RIP, um, for the Spable. role. Mm. Chateau Maman. Yes. Uh, they're looking for a replacement for the role of Peter Vinkman. Mm-hmm. So that role was written for Belushi, if you didn't get it from what I just said. God, I don't need to explain this to you. I'm so sorry. No, but I never knew it was written for Belushi. That's yeah, really interesting because was. I just think of, obviously, I just he's think so, of Bill. He's so perfect. Exactly. It? Yeah. Um, but they really wanted Bill for it. So he made this deal that he would do Ghostbusters if they paid for and let him make Razor's Edge. So Ghostbusters came out and it was a huge hit. It was the highest grossing film of 1984 and at the time was the highest grossing comedy. It was gross. It was a grossing comedy ever. It's the best. I love that fucking movie. There is the cutest picture of, like, we used to holiday with these other four families and there's the cutest picture of all of the children wearing Ghostbusters T-shirts and I think some of the, like, dads are as well. And Michelle is, like, so fucking cute. I think she might be, like, shoving something in her little tiny mouth or something too. Very cute. 
I fucking loved it. it it's still, I reckon, in my top five movies ever. It's so mm. good. Um, Have you watched the reboot with... Yeah, I love it. I haven't seen it. Oh, I think bitch, it's... Let's watch it tonight. Great. Okay, great. <laughs> Plan made. Um, so the studio kept their word about um, making his movie and they did and it was a total flopping disaster. <laughs> Audiences just didn't give a fuck about their favourite comedy actor reading philosophy on a Himalayan mountaintop. <sighs> they did not care for it. I've never seen it. No, neither. I don't care to. Yeah. I, I mean, I think people just weren't ready to take him seriously. I think they sort of are now-ish. Yeah. But certainly not back then. Bill was Devo. I can imagine. When I say Devo, I mean Dev-O. <laughs> not Devo. No. Devo. Devo. Um, he moved himself and his family to Paris and spent four years studying philosophy. Like, I get he was disappointed, but Whoa. that's a fucking sore loser. <gasps> what a crybaby. Well, <laughs> I, I feel you don't think so? No, I don't know if it's a crybaby. Maybe it was just like, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about and I need to know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I think he was just like, well, you didn't like my movie. Maybe. I'm going to go. I don't want to be in your stupid movies anyway. That's a four years. It's a long time. When he was at literally like his peak, such a f- big film had come out with Ghostbusters in it and he was just like, forget it. Expendable income, baby. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, What's it like? <laughs> <laughs> um, so they moved back to the US after four years um, and he got back into acting straight away. He filmed Scrooged. Uh, Ghostbusters 2, mm-hmm. What About Bob, and The Glorious, The Wonderful, The Unforgettable. That's right, woodchuck chuckers. It's Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking banger. Yeah, absolutely. He worked steadily yet mostly forgettably for the next few years. Um, Rushmore is probably only the good film he really made from 2004 like to film. 2000. Yeah. Um, oh, and then he made Charlie's Angels. Loves. Um, it's a very silly movie, but my bad boy babe Sam Rockwell's in it, so I'm okay with it. Also, all the women in that film are oh. brilliant. It's fun. Uh, and then something happened, something magical. What happened? He became a hipster icon. Mm. He was in the Royal Tenenbaums, another one of my faves, a comfort movie of mine. Um, and then he was in Lost in Translation. And, Cult classic. And from then on he just pretty much solidly did great films um, and solidly just stole scenes too. Yeah, I think a lot of the films from that era, are, they, they are funny but there's a lot more to them. Yeah. Than just comedy. Yeah. There's there's layers and depths and it's not always funny and it's fucking dark at times. Yeah. There, but he's so good in them. And the reason that you love his characters in them is because it's Bill Murray. Yeah. You know? Maybe not. I don't know. But I think it's... I think he plays them well, but, you know, you have that... It's a Bill Murray knowledge. thing, yeah. Um, and you can get more merch with his face on it than fucking Frida Kahlo. Well, maybe not Frida, but definitely... More than, like, James Dean, and people fucking love James Dean. They do. Um, 
Outside of film, he owns a couple of golf-themed restaurants. Oh, my God. I know he loves golf. Yeah, with his brothers, and it's called Murray Brothers Caddyshack, and they sell Murray merch and uh, have their own brand of Murray vodka. I think I prefer to go there than Wahlburgers. Yeah, I would too. Um, I want to go. The menu looks pretty American. Like, have a look. It's fun. Are they, like... Across the states, or is are they kind I of? I think like, there's only like two or three, though. Oh, uh, and they're probably attached to like a golf. Yeah, park. maybe you need like a. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe you need like a membership, but I would love to go visit them. I passed so many. Well, I, I've said this before, but I passed a lot of Wahlburgers last time I was in America. Oh, airplanes and travel, but like, don't think about it. I I did want to go, but I was always like, I want to spend that appetite time with something worthwhile. And are you glad you did now? Yeah, because it's a real fucking episode something whatever. last season. Check out that. Hugh. Hugh and Mark together yeah. at last. <laughs> <laughs> um, he lives in Charleston, South Carolina, and apparently oh. he's a very active member of the community there. My goodness. Um, he's also very much detached from the Hollywood world. He doesn't have an agent or a manager or anything. Wow. He only takes film offers via a 1-800 number. No. That goes to like a voicemail box. That, that must he, be pretty. And he like infrequently checks it. Chuck a block. He missed some roles that I think he would be really good in like the grandpa in Little Miss Sunshine. Like, I think he would have been really good in that. He would have. But, but he didn't get, he didn't check his messages. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <sighs> he has two sons, Homer and Luke, with his first wife, Margaret. And he has four sons with his second wife, Jennifer Butler. And that then, sperm is male. And then that sperm is Catholic. <laughs> 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 and, um, Their names are Caleb, Jackson, Cooper, and Lincoln. Perfectly acceptable names. Good job, guys. I'm not saying I like those names. They're just fine. As opposed to Trent Reznor's children. Which honestly is literally, I don't know. Season three, episode eight. Nothing will give me as much joy as the moment you told me the names of his children. (laughs) So Trent. (laughs) Got to listen to it, guys. Um, He's beloved. Bill Murray is beloved. He is. Um, he's this, his characters are relatively similar. They're like a combination of sarcastic and mean mm. and mm. confident, I would say. Yeah, I mean, aside from the confidence, I really... I, the other two speak to me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he never takes anything too seriously. And the people love a don't give a fuck kind of guy, you know? Absolutely. Like, take note, Greta Thunberg, give less fucks and maybe Donald Trump and his army of shit sticks will like you better. (laughs) I'm being sarcastic. Very sarcastic. Um, One of Bill's traits. (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking a little Bill. Leaf leaf out of Bill's book. The book of Bill. The book of Bill. Uh, You'll always hear stories about Bill like, crashing parties and weddings and photobonding people and, like, bartending music events like South by Southwest and, like, totally delightful behaviour from a celebrity who literally everybody adores. Mm. 
I think I've said literally about literally 50 times. <laughs> Scuzzy. <laughs> uh, so, the sunshine of my life, the anchovy in my Caesar dressing. What do you love about <laughs> Billy Mazza? I love being an anchovy in anyone's life. <laughs> Let's start with that because they are bomb. They're the best. I think he's just, he's just, a, I, I imagine he'd be a really fucking good time. Yeah, he, he seems like that he would be. Like he seems like he has a lot of time for his fans, a lot of patience. I think that, and it's like, th- that makes me think he's a, a reasonable man. Um, I think he's fucking hilarious. He is fucking hilarious. It's not just me. He is. Everybody. Every single Unanimous. <laughs> I love him in so many movies. Like Ghostbusters, like you said, Groundhog Day, which is pretty much the most pertinent movie of our time right now. <laughs> uh, yes, it um, is. I, I watched did, it yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. Like I did, um, I did a trivia for work online because we are still in lockdown. But um, one of the questions and I was like, this is a hard one, so take your time. What week of lockdown are we in? (laughs) And it was like that. It is Groundhog Day every fucking day. Yeah, I have no idea what week we're in. Exactly. It took took hours of research. I don't want to (laughs) know. Who fucking cares? Um, I watched... As you mentioned, Charlie's Angels, I watched both of them recently and I totally, I just forgot Tom Green exists. Oh, Tom Green. He was married to Drew Barrymore. Yes, yeah, like, Starfish. My brother loved him. He had this disgusting show, the Tom Green show. Yeah, but I, I just totally oh, forgot about him. There was like an episode where he like gutted a live deer and got inside it. I remember that. And just puked all over himself. It was oh. absolutely revolting. Unnecessary. Why? Well. Don't do that. What a dick. Um, he sucks. But I do love Bill Murray as Bosley in that. I think he's mm. fucking great. He's so funny. And that movie is silly, but it is such a fun time. It's fun. There's nothing wrong with a fun movie. And the outfits, unlike all of the women make, they're so good. So good. Um, Also, the soundtrack to that movie is fucking spectacular, which I forgot. So you just watched it? Yeah. Damn. I'm going to have to watch it without you, I guess. You don't, because I will watch it again. Oh, great. I, I mean, like, that is my jam. My VHS version of The League of Their Own <laughs> fucking didn't work anymore because I watched it so much. Okay. I'm very happy to watch that again tonight, to be honest. Okay, um, great. Well, got it sorted. Also, Shia LaBeouf, twat face, cretin, is in that movie. Oh, he's in the second one. Is and he? I totally forgot he was in it. He's like a teenager. I don't think I've seen it. But Bill Murray wasn't in the second one. No. Um, he was done with them. I can't remember the actor who played, but basically it's like they do do a nod to Bill who was adopted by a family in like, I don't know, Southside LA or whatever. Like that's part of the like yeah, yeah, storyline. Yeah, yeah. Oh but he's not in it. There's a new Bosley. Okay. Anyway, sorry, aside for the point, but my all-time fave, and I'm going to say this is like actually, I might even say this is my favourite movie. Whoa. But that changes, but... The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Yeah, it's pretty good. I fucking love that movie and I love it. It's so fucking funny. It's so good. And 
I also think as we do live in Australia, mm-hmm. there are sharks and there are shark attacks. <laughs> and in Life Aquatic, they said like, what w- I can't remember the exact line, but it's like, what would the scientific purpose be of tracking down the shark and killing it? And he's like, revenge. <laughs> yeah. And that is like every single Sydney like Sunday Telegraph <laughs> fucking article because whenever there's a shark attack, they're like, we will find him and we will kill him. And it's like, dude, you're in his house. He's you, that's, a shark. You have literally broken into his home. And then and just to say shark attacks are fucking horrible, but of at the course. same time sharks live in the ocean. So. I think surfers get it. Yeah. I just It just seems so bananas to me that people are like, we're out for blood. And it's like the shark doesn't give a shit. You're not going to find the shark. Fuck off. Yeah, it's gross. It's so weird. There's like literally like front page newspaper <laughs> articles about this, about like revenge on sharks yeah, in this country. Really, it's really, really gross. Oh, we got to get off this island. Um, he is a great character in that movie. He's so good. I love it when he just sort of... He's oh, quite, it's Jeff Goldblum as well. Oh, so good. Angelica Houston. Everyone's good. Everyone's good in a Wes Anderson movie. Like, well, that's what I was going to say. I like, I fucking love Wes Anderson movies and you can call me a pixie. Pixie, a manic pixie dream girl or whatever. I don't give a fucking shit. I love those movies. They're like stunningly aesthetically pleasing. So good. And Bill is in basically all of them. So I love him. Those. I really love that period of his career for me. Yeah. Well, I'm also obsessed with Bill Murray um, in a similar way that I just fucking love all his movies. Yeah. Like He's a heavy hitter. Groundhog in the way of Day. like oh, just loving him. I must have seen Groundhog Day a thousand times. That's maybe, maybe that's too many. Something I might watch around it. a thousand. Just give me some comfort in when I wake up and I'm like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> but why? Um, okay, so some bad stuff. So first up on the bad list. He likes golf and I fucking hate golf. <laughs> I want a golf tournament once. <laughs> Ew. Real golf? Real golf. Ew. Have we discussed before that I hate golf? Like, it's I don't know if we have. Dumbest sport of all time. It was a charity event and I'd never played before. It was beginner's luck, but okay. I won a voucher at the pro shop. No, oh, I hate, I hate golf. Fuck you, Ray Romano. <laughs> your wife doesn't really, like, that's not fucking marriage. Your wife's stopping you from playing golf, you fucking cunt. Fuck you. What the hell? Like, I have to f- look after my children, but I've got a bad walk. I mean, no, what it is, it ru- I've got to ruin a good walk. That's what it is. That's right. Um, I've got a bad walk. <laughs> I've got a bad walk. Uh, look, anyway, real, real, real talk, um... He's apparently a real moody fucker. Like, Dan Aykroyd dubbed these mood swings the Murricane. Oh, my God. That's so good. <laughs> uh, Harold Ramis, um, who was Bill's mate and collaborator since the National Lampoon's radio days, uh, Ramis wrote and directed a bunch of his films, Stripes, Meatballs, Ghostbusters. Um, and in Ghostbusters he plays Egon Spengler. And Spengler has some of the best jokes in those movies. Like, do you have any hobbies? 
I collect spores, molds, and fungus. (laughs) (laughs) And, And when he says, my parents didn't believe in toys. I had part of a slinky, but I straightened it. (laughs) <laughs> I just love him. Um, anyway, so good. Um, they were mates, but on the set of Groundhog Day, which Ramus directed, um, they just had constant disagreements creativity-wise. Uh, the writer of Groundhog Day named Danny Rubin compared the feud to two brothers in a fight. He said, quote, they were like two brothers who weren't getting along. And they were pretty far apart on what they thought the movie was about. Bill wanted it to be a more philosophical thing. And Harold kept reminding him, this is a comedy. Mm. One day, Ramus grabbed Bill by the collar and threw him against a wall. Don't do that. Uh, Ramus says of his frustration with Bill, quote, at times Bill was just really irrationally mean and unavailable. He was constantly late on set. What I'd want to say to him is just what we tell our children. You don't have to throw tantrums to get what you want. Just say what you want. Interesting. After this incident, Bill didn't speak to him for over 20 years. Whoa, way to hold a grudge. (laughs) Yeah, he's probably, I mean... Is he Scorpio? I was going to ask. I was just (laughs) thinking, what is his star sign? I think it was September, so maybe not. But yes. Virgo then? I guess so, yeah. Maybe. It depends on the date. It does depend on the date, but let's just call him a Virg. Um, Apparently, well, that makes you a bit uptight, right? I think so. Um, Apparently. Perfectionist, I think. Harold Ramis was heartbroken, but not surprised. Mm. And then in 2004, just before Ramus died, Bill showed up on his doorstep at 7 a.m. with a box of donuts. Oh. Weirdly, also had a police escort with him. 7 a.m. is a bit rude. And they hung out. So that's nice. Apparently, Groundhog Day was not a topic of conversation that day. They just hung out and laughed and joked for several hours. So that's really nice that they made up before he died. Uh, he's also had spats with Chevy Chase on SNL. Maybe you'll talk about it. I don't uh, know. sure will. Uh, Sean Young on Stripes, Angelica Houston on Life Aquatic. Yeah. Uh, Scarlett Johansson on Lost in Translation, Lucy Liu on Charlie's Angels, as well as the director of Charlie's Angels, McG. Yeah. What kind of fucking name I is know. That? I always thought that in the credits. I was Ugh. like, who the fuck are What? Wanka. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Kay Niss from now on. <laughs> uh, McGee says that Murray headbutted him on the set of that movie. And when an interviewer asked he Murray. He was an older man. Really? What are you, but you know what I mean? Like Who he was, was an older man? Like Bill Murray was an older man. Well, Bill Murray headbutted him. That's what McGee. I mean. Like, yeah. geez. He's a Take the boy out of Chicago. When an interviewer <laughs> asked Murray about his behavior, Bill said that McGee, quote, deserves to die. Whoa. <laughs> so we're not surprised he didn't come back for the second instalment, I guess. Oh, my God. Deserves to die. That's fucking hectic. Yeah, that's pretty strong. Uh, most famous feud that he's had is with Richard Dreyfus, 
who just seems like he would be like the dad of your rich friend or something. Like he's like nice. Yeah. He's got that vibe. Uh, both Bill and Richard Dreyfus have said publicly that they did not get on at all on the set of What About Bob? Um, and that they just don't like each other. And Fair enough. It was a really great movie. I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Uh, Bill plays a very annoying patient who harasses his therapist, who is Richard Dreyfus, while uh, Dreyfus is on holiday. Mm. Dreyfus says, quote, I didn't talk about it for years. Bill just got drunk at dinner. He was an Irish drunken bully is what he was. He came back from dinner one night and I said, read this script tweak. I think it's really funny. And he put his face next to me, nose to nose, and he screamed at the top of his lungs, everybody hates you, you are tolerated. <laughs> he said Murray then leaned back and he took a modern glass-blown ashtray. He threw it at my face from <gasps> only a couple of feet away. It weighed about three quarters of a pound and he missed me. He tried to hit me. I got up and I left. Fuck, that would fucking do some damage. Yes. Apparently that, that kind of shit just went on and on, out and at Dreyfus all the time. Oof. And it wasn't oof, just oof, Richard oof. who had Bill issues on that movie. The director, Laura Ziskin, said that one time they had such a big argument that Bill threw her into a lake, picked her up and threw her into a lake. She also said that, quote, Bill also threatened to throw me across the parking lot and then broke my sunglasses and threw them across the parking lot. I was furious and outraged. But having produced dozens of movies, I can safely say it is not common behaviour. Holy shit. I mean, as someone who's owned the same pair of Ray-Ban since 2008, <laughs> I would be very angry. It's upsetting. That's fucked. Threw her in a lake? Gross. I hate that shit. I remember. She's like his boss, essentially. It's so fucking gross. I mean, actually, this wasn't a, at the time it wasn't a gross situation, but I remember I'm quite short and small and I was like at a bar and then, and we ended up having like a fun time. But like this guy came up to me and he was like, you're tiny. And then he just started lifting me no, up. fuck and off. And at the time I was like, oh, cool. But it's just like, it's very intrusive that to rank. like just kind of overbearingly, like physically take some No, it's a, so a woman, aggressive. Especially like. And they're is. like, I'm just kidding. This is a fun time. You're just small, huh? It's fun for you. Fuck off. He's a lovely guy. but Anyway, he's dead to me. <laughs> I'm going to get him. He's a paratrooper, so good luck. Well, sleep with one eye open, asshole. Um, over the years, Richard Dreyfus has called Bill an Irish drunken hooligan and a despicable pig, among other things. Um, and he t- actually talks about it a fair bit. <laughs> like for someone who I would think like Richard Dreyfus isn't like some big interview guy, I found yeah. heaps of videos on YouTube of like Richard Dreyfus saying how much he hates Bill Murray. Anyway. Runs deep. Um, Murray said that he would, quote, like on the set, get too close to him, scream in his ears and all sorts of annoying things. Some of that was even in the script. No, wait, none of it was in the script. I made it all up. (laughs) And the director, Frank Oz, said that it was a tough movie to shoot and there was a lot of friction and tension, but that that sort of made it better. Right. 
Like, I don't know if that's okay. No, it's definitely <laughs> not. I mean, maybe it's, it's true. Did Bill just be a total cunt to Richard Dreyfus to get a better performance out of him? I'm sure he didn't, but maybe it just coincidentally made a better performance, which, I mean, I can imagine. I like, mean, just, in that particular example, maybe, but, like, I'm not sure. I don't think, like, headbutting McGee no. was necessary. No. <laughs> He's the director. You're not getting a performance it's so out of him. Shit. Um, and Murray has said of his reputation, quote, I remember a friend said to me a while back, you have a reputation. And I said, what? And he said, <laughs> yeah, you have a reputation of being difficult to work with. But I only got that reputation from people I didn't like working with or people who didn't know how to work or what work is. Jim, Wes and Sophia, they know what it is to work and they understand how you're supposed to treat people. I don't know Jim, but obviously Wes Anderson uh, and Sophia Coppola. Yeah, I think Jim Jarmusch. Ah. Yeah. Anyway. You like him. Yeah, I do. I love him. Um, the Dead Don't Die is so fucking good. I really like that. And he's in, uh, is it, I can't remember, is it just called Coffee and Cigarettes? Yes. Yeah, he, that's so good too. Bill Murray's. Yeah. Yeah, we spoke about that in some other season or episode or something. I can't reference that one. That was too – I can't. Okay, so on to the relationships that he's had. Let's do it. So he married Margaret Kelly in 1981. She had studied Mm theatre and she was a page at NBC. Um, and now I, I imagine Margaret Kelly exactly like Ken, Kenneth from. Oh my god, that's exactly what I thought. I immediately <laughs> like saw gummy Kenneth. smile and like wholesome with short blonde hair. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she looked like that at all. Oh, um, we watched Thirty Rock maybe as well. It's a really good show. We can be up or not. Uh, anyway, so they got married in Las Vegas, like in a like kind of on a whim at mm-hmm. Bill's insistence. I think they later had, like, a proper party, but they, that's how they got married. She was like, all right, I'll just do it. It's like my first engagement. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll just do it. I, I said, it's too hard not to say yes. I think I said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Romance. <laughs> uh, they had their kids and there's nothing more to report really except that they got divorced in 1994. Mm-hmm. Now, also in 1994, Bill started seeing a costume designer named Jennifer Butler. They married in 1997 and that's all fine but there are some who said that they were having an affair since they met 11 years earlier on the set of Scrooged when he was married to Margaret Kelly. And I feel like that really sucks for poor Margie. Like, sounds like she had a career in showbiz a bit. Yeah. Like she was kind of like I think she was um, a runner, and then she did some production work in other shows, but she sort of pumped the brakes on her career so she mm-hmm. could raise his children, mm-hmm. and then he disbones another woman and dumps you. Cute. It's a story as old as time, but I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> also, she never said that. I'm just taking liberties, so don't sue me. Totally. Uh, but and, and also, don't worry, his new marriage didn't last either. Um, but oh, the, <laughs> I was worried. Uh, this time it didn't end as quietly. 
Uh, Jennifer filed for divorce in 2008, citing her husband's alleged sex addiction, Ooh. infidelity, Ooh. alcoholism, mm. marijuana abuse, uh-huh. abusive behaviour, okay. physical abuse, no, and constant abandonment. Mm. They were the reasons. Okay. Pretty, okay. pretty good reasons. There's quite a number of them. <laughs> also in the divorce filing is an incident that happened the year before stating that Bill had punched Jennifer in the face and told her she was, quote, lucky he didn't kill her. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the bit of law paper, what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> the bit of law paper. The court the document? Filing, the divorce filing, um, read, quote, the defendant's violent, abusive and erratic behaviour towards the plaintiff has destroyed the marital relationship and the plaintiff no longer feels safe to be in the presence of the defendant. So um, she was also, I forgot to say, she was also asking for a restraining order. Oh, never a good sign. Nope. Um, It's also said that he'd been leaving a ton of like super abusive messages on the answering machine at her home, Mm -hmm. knowing full well that the children would come home from school and listen to them. Oh, that's really horrible. After the claim was filed, Bill's lawyer released a statement that said, I can say that Bill Murray is deeply saddened by the breakup of his marriage to Jennifer. They remain loving parents committed to the best interests of their children. Full full stop. So no denial of the abuse claims. Right. um, Which I think is kind of refreshing. But no um, acknowledgement. Acknowledgement either, which is shit, really. Yeah. Um, their divorce was finalized later that year, and she withdrew the abuse allegations. She got full custody of the kids, pretty a reasonable alimony settlement, and I think like seven million dollar lump sum. Which okay. ain't nothing. And not really compared to what I'm sure he has. I don't know but what he's worth. that's what is, I'm saying. It's like nothing compared. But whatever. Um, Jump change. That's, that's what a, we say in the biz. I mean, that's, that's the end of that story, really. Um, oh, and also, on a different note, he said of his mate Dustin Hoffman, who we starred in Tootsie with, after Dustin Hoffman was accused of sexually assaulting an intern in the 80s, which mm. Dustin was like, I didn't, mm-hmm. um, Bill said, quote, mm. Dustin Hoffman is a great man. He's crazy. A borch belt flirt. He has been his whole life. But he's a really sweet man. Do you know what this kind of reminds me <gasps> of? Like fucking Kyomo. Kyomo? Kyomo? The governor of... New York, mm. who's mm-hmm. like, I'm just Italian. Yeah. We're just <laughs> oh, like, pitch I did ladies on the butt. It's I, I, the lines move so much for appropriate behavior, and I didn't move with it. That's like, right. Yeah, suck my dick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think, and I'm, also, don't bring all Italians into this. No, you it's so dick. rude. There, there was also like a. So I think the Dustin Hoffman stuff was around me too time. And 
when Me Too happened, Bill was like, I thought he, when I first read this article, I was like, oh, he might be like into Me Too, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But he, he didn't really say that. He was just like, you know, if someone's a dickhead, it will come out eventually. Mm-hmm. In my day, it took a fucking long time. Mm-hmm. Now you just say it. And you get your revenge, and it's like revenge. No, <laughs> no, it's not really revenge. Anyway, maybe this is it, like I may when, have misquoted there. I just like remembered that. But you, you know, when people are like, "Oh, you know, she's out for something, or she wants something, and yeah, it is about gross. revenge," and it's like, how many women who come out publicly and speak about being assaulted? raped, how many of those women then go on to have these absolute flourishing careers from coming out and being that fucking brave and saying that? Tell me, like, the name of five women who... uh, They've really skyrocketed in their success. Cosby. Just name five. Yeah. I can't. Can you? No. It's fucked. Mm -hmm. I hate that shit where it's just like, oh, they're trying to, they're trying to, like... Better their own prospects. How? That's not how it works. We just had that conversation. It's not necessarily how Bill Murray feels. No, no, no. It's not about Bill. After hearing what I said. It's not about Bill. How do you feel about Bill? Mm. I kind of feel like, and this is bullshit, and I will own that. Like, sort of like a man of his time in a way. A product of his time. Yeah. He's not as bad. I, I thought there would be worse. I thought there would too. I, I feel think, like I can I think still. like being a wife beater is pretty bad. That's fucked. I think he is probably a drug addict and an alcoholic. Um, and I think that could explain, not excuse, but explain a lot of that behaviour. Mm. Well, like the stuff with um, Richard Dreyfus, mm. Dreyfus, like that seems like just from your retelling of it, seems like it was of quite, you know, fueled by substance. You know, like he's drunk, yeah. he's coming back from dinner, and then he's chucking an ashtray. And the problems that he had with his wife. Yeah, you know, that's sort of yeah. I'm not saying problems he had, like punching her in the face. That's that's a fucked. separate. Thing, but, like, she obviously knew that he was an alcoholic and a drug addict and that was part of her filing. That's mm. part of the reason she couldn't be with him anymore. Yeah. Um, but another part of it was that he was physically abusive to her. Yeah, that's fucked. And that was only this is one that in I'll 2008. Be... Oh. So this, isn't a, not, this is not something that happened of his time in the 70s. I didn't realise. So, right, okay, sorry. Mm. Okay. Um, I think this will be an interesting one for me to now ponder and watch again. Yeah. And if you have ruined him, you can get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, did we ruin him for you guys? Let us know. Do you love him? Do you hate him? Is he gross now? Do you don't care? Also, before we go to a break. Yeah. We really would love your stories about meeting celebrities, you yes, know. Yes, we like, talked about this in the bonus episode, but we... We really want it. We're fucking serious about yeah, this. Yeah, we want, we want you guys to tell us ex- experiences. You've had, like, you know, obviously there's the age-old... <laughs> 
concept, never meet your heroes, which I often believe in. It's It's, the thing is a bad idea. It's good advice. And I think we've spoken about it, but Amber chose not to meet one of her heroes once, which I think was a good good call. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about it in the pod. Did we? Did we talk about the time that I almost met Courtney Love? If... If I did, please let me know. I don't want to listen to all our episodes again. And Emma <laughs> chose to not, and I think that was probably a very wise decision. But we yeah. want to hear about the times that you've met people yeah, and how it went down. And if you have any, like, fun stories. Like, I really enjoyed reading about all of the positive experiences people had with Bill. Keanu. Oh, Keanu. Yes, yeah. so nice. And Bill apparently is fucking rad when yeah. you meet him. He just sounds... I love that. Delightful. Uh, Do you know who I felt? Sorry, just I'm going to tell a story. I once served the dad on Modern Family, not the one from um, Love, what was that other one? Love and Marriage? No. Uh, I know. Married with Children. Married with Children. Not the grandpa. Sorry, I was thinking of the Frank Sinatra song. Not the grandpa, the dad. I met him at my work and he was... (gasps) The most delightful oh. human being. He was so gorgeous. Everyone on that show seems like he was having the best time. Lovely. But we, I would like to hear, Amber and I would both like to hear what you have to say on this topic. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly into like sad. Yeah, we want bad things. <laughs> <laughs> Were they a cunt? Pretty much. Um, anyway, we're going to have a quick break and we'll be back with... Chevy Chase. Um, Chevy Chase. We're going to have a word from our sponsors. Just kidding. We have no sponsors. Call us. Call us. We, we've got quite a lot of listeners. Our if people will talk money, to your people. Maybe we could get rid of the Patreon because we can get those. Yeah. Minute. Deborah from Marketing will talk Thanks. to you. Okay. okay. Great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. Just kidding, I'm Kara. <laughs> I was like, you're a liar. Yeah, that I didn't want to call you out like publicly though. Um, did you know that Chevy Chase was a, and is a fancy pants man? I kind of thought maybe, but. He's so fancy that his real name is Cornelius Crane <gasps> Chase. <laughs> Cornelius Crane Chase? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's re- fucking Ridiculous. Cornelius like Baba. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought of. Crane is in like Fraser Crane. Mm-hmm. That's also fancy. Very fancy. What's his last name? Chase. Yeah. <laughs> Chevy Chase, which is not that fancy. He sounds Chevy Chase sounds so Yeah, uh, like uh, blue common. colour man. Uh, common. Not so. Um, Philip. Philip. Philip his Chevy Chase is common. Amber does her fucking impression of young Queen Elizabeth saying Philip is fire and it really... Thank you. It's so good and I try to do it but I just, I'm not... You just need to watch The Crown. I have. More. You're better. Do it again. No. Um, Okay. (laughs) So he grew up in New York State in Woodstock and he was born on October 8th which is one day after my mother... He's a Libra. He is. And he was born in 1943, which was a long time ago. Yeah. 43? Mm-hmm. Wow. Shit. <laughs> his papa worked as an editor and wrote for a magazine and his mama was a concert pianist. Cool. Bottom line, he came from pretty good stock. Yeah, right. 
Um, there was quite a lot of musical talent in the Chase family, actually. His goddamn grandmama played Carnegie goddamn hall. Mm-hmm. Just like the Beatles. Yeah. Did they play them? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, that very same grandmother, I think. I don't know. It could have been the other one. I'm not really sure. She, <laughs> she was the person who coined the nickname Chevy. But what does that mean? Well... It's stark, obviously, but it was from a medieval ballad called The Ballad of Chevy Chase, (laughs) which is so serendipitous. Yeah, right. Yeah. I I just figured it was like a car thing. No. (laughs) American cars. Just a... very American. It is. Chevy. But again, on like the social status of the fam, like there's this thing called the Social Register in America and it's a publication that lists like super rich people and it started in the 1880s. Whoa. It's for like old money people. But it's like big. Yeah. It's got everyone in there. No, but just the elite. Everyone who is everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean... Everyone hates anyone. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, Chevy Chase was on that list. Whoa. Yeah, he's on it. And like now um, he's on it? When did he get on it? I don't know. Before? Were his family on it? Anyway. Okay. Yeah, the whole family's on it. The Chase family's on it. Oh, there. right. So he probably was on there before he was Chevy Chase. Yeah, definitely before he was even a little glint in his parents' eye. One of his fucking ancestors came over on the goddamn Mayflower. Like, Ooh, okay. It's like New York Dennessy shit. Okay. Chevy's parents divorced when he was like a wee young thing. He was like four years old. That's um, not very fancy though, is it? No, it's scandalous. He also said that his mother and stepfather were abusive. Oh. Just side note, because you never know what's going on behind closed doors. No, you don't. Aside from wealth, you just don't. No. He went to school in the Bronx, um, but then he was expelled. He's a really naughty student, actually, and he once told a story on the Today Show about another expulsion. Uh, he was given the boot from Haverford College, I believe. Haverford. 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 Philip. Philip. Because <laughs> uh, he led a cow up to one of the top floors <laughs> of the college building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. That's very uh, animal house of him. Absolutely. Um, he was known for his shenanigans and especially like his physical humour. Yeah, right. Um, after a number of schools, he eventually graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in English in 1967. Nice, nice. Classic Gorgeous. useless Super degree. Super useful. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. That's the classic yeah. useless degree. As people who have bachelors of bullshit, yeah, we know. Um, I mean, we have creative arts degrees. It's even worse. It's absolutely worse. It's like a whole <laughs> other rung down the ladder. Um, Chevy also avoided the draft by claiming he had homosexual tendencies. Clever. What a fucking time. I yeah. simply cannot. I mean, people who, like, yearn to be born in a different era, it's like, you fucking privileged motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, I do too. Like, yeah, but if you're if you're a queer person mm-hmm. or a person of colour, Absolutely. there's no fucking way you'd be like, oh, I wish we were back in the 60s when things were simple. Well, I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> do you have a, like an era, if like from that privileged perspective, do you have an era that you would like to be born in? 
I don't know. Or experience. I, think, I don't know. I, I think I, I'm pretty happy to have had my younger days in the 90s. Maybe I wish I was born very slightly earlier so it could have been a bit older in the 90s. Yeah. But I'm pretty good with it. Like we weren't perfect but we were at least we were working on it. I romanticise the idea of being in my 20s in Paris in 1967 during the Paris riots. (laughs) That's pretty good. And protests, protests, not riots, the protests. Sure, it would be nice to have been part of like women's lib stuff, but also I don't want to have lived through that like personally as a woman. I don't want to have to do that. Fuck that shit. All right, we'll get back to Chevy. Sorry. No, not at all. I asked the question. Our Chevy started to forge his way into comedy in the late 1960s. So firstly with a little ensemble called Channel One. Uh, He was in some other groups and did some writing for Mad Magazine. And then in 1973, he started writing for the National Lampoon Radio Hour. You. Also in 1973, he married his first wife, Susan Hewitt. Suze. Suze. They divorced in 1976. Suze. We're talking about her later or do we know anything about her? Um, I'm... I'm not going to go too deep into the relationships, okay. but I feel like, you know, he's wiser. He's the same with Bill. Okay. Anyway, I'm trying to go in chronological order because I know you appreciate that. Thank so I you. just want to. because It makes more sense. I feel like I last mind. time you were like, what, what? He was married? And where, where, was, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> next we get into the one, the only Saturday Night Live. Or SNL if you're a cool guy. Mm-hmm. So it started in October 1975 and Chevy was one of the original cast members and he was a mainstay. He was a big old deal. Yeah. Initially he started as a writer and soon became a cast member, but that happened like in rehearsals, so very quickly. They were like, you're the funniest person at, in the room. At, yeah. Chevy, we have show. to have you. Nice. Um, he became famous for like his physical comedy and would frequently fall on his butt. And this eventually resulted in terrible back problems. So, kids, you heard it here first. Be careful when you <laughs> fall over for laughs. Yeah, yeah. look, slapstick, <laughs> it's not worth it. No, he actually <laughs> ended up in rehab with oh, wow. an addiction to painkillers as a result of constantly landing on his butt. You've been Shit. warned. Is the laugh really worth it? <laughs> Is it worth it? <laughs> you wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> Slapstick. <laughs> Don't do it. So um, just on that note, President Gerald Ford had a fall when disembarking from Air Force One. <laughs> to be fair, I've watched the video and he recovered pretty well and he got right up and he shook the hands of Austria's head of state. Oh, <laughs> how embarrassing. I know. And so Chevy had like this recurring bit on SNL where he would fall over as the president. Oh, I see. That's pretty, I mean, I love it. <laughs> and the fun fact. There's not much funnier than people fucking falling over. I don't know. I have two minds in that, I feel. <laughs> I watch, I, I follow this Instagram called Kids Getting Hurt. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is funnier than it sounds. And it's, you know, often like the comment underneath says like, they're fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> it was just like kids falling over and 
getting smacked in the face with hula hoops and stuff. It's fine. Sorry, now I feel like a fucking devil woman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But did I say this fun fact that Gerald became friends with Chevy eventually? (laughs) No, that's sweet. (laughs) So funny. Uh, but he is the OG satire of, like, presidents on SNL. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Chevy was also the OG presenter for the Weekend Update on SNL as well. He had a show called The Chevy Chase Show. Oh. Narcissistic. Very narcissistic and not original. Like, we no. already had the Sonny and Cher show. <laughs> like, And that was enough. The Dolly Parton show, the Johnny Cash show. Like, do you really need the Chevy Chase show? No. And no one did because it was short lived, <laughs> <laughs> and it was based. It was basically based on the Weekend Update kind of format. Yeah, right. Chevy got two Emmys and a Golden Globe for SNL. So well done, you Chevy. Good job, mate. Great job. Uh, in 1975, New York Magazine named our cheeky Chevy. I hate the term cheeky. Do you? Oh no, actually, we. You know what? I hate it when people say. I had a cheeky wine. I know. Like, I'm like, I had a cheeky wine. two bottles of wine dick bag. Yeah, I, had, I just drank two bottles. Yeah. It's fine. It wasn't cheeky. It's not cheeky. I just really wanted to get pissed. <laughs> anyway. Who <laughs> uh, cares if you drank a glass of wine, It's not bitch. cheeky. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Chevy was named by New York Magazine as the funniest man in America and there are a lot of very funny people in America. I am shocked that they loved him that much. That was 1975. Yeah. The article also said he would be Johnny Carson's successor, but he didn't go on the show until 1977. And Johnny himself said he couldn't ad-lib a fart after a baked bean dinner. (laughs) It's a bit rude. That is rude. I don't like baked beans personally. I love them. Um, you would. But <laughs> before that appearance, the year before, in fact, 1976, Chevy was the first of the original cast of SNL to hit the bricks. Yeah, he was like, I can do better. Mm-hmm. Although he has, he's reappeared multiple times since then, like on anniversary specials and all these other moments in SNL's of the... And he like hosted or whatever, yeah? Or something. Yeah. He came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like... Bill did. Exactly. Then Chevy moved to LA where many handsome film offers lay ahead and he married his second wife, Jacqueline Carlin. Jacqueline. Jacqueline. SNL really forged Chevy's career. Like it kind of made him as a comedian. I think for a lot of them. Almost every big comedian. I want to know what your favourite Chevy Chase film is right now. Oh, you want to know right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, when I was a little kid, I watched Funny Farm a okay. lot with my brother, which I think is not, like, a really well-known movie. I think it was, like, the slapstick dumbness that you would expect a child of the 80s to just love. Absolutely. Like, the whole thing is him getting, like, Hit in the head with an oar or yeah, yeah, a yeah. fish slapping yeah, him in the face yeah, yeah. and like him slipping over or whatever. Um, but I did love Christmas Vacation mm. very much. Mm-hmm. And I think I still love it. I don't know. I haven't watched it for a few years, but I think I can safely say I still love it. And 
Probably because of Beverly and D'Angelo. Yeah. Beautiful. We've spoken about loving her before. Yeah, we have. Anyway, keep going. All right. So uh, he was in a lot of classics. National Lampoons. Yeah. I've mentioned this before, but every time my family went on holiday in the summer with the, like, other families, we'd arrive late. Always. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> this is why I'm so fucking painfully punctual. Um but Dad would always say, where are the Griswolds when we arrived? Like, without... When you got in the car, did you go, a holiday, woo No. Before we got in the car, Dad was like, don't make eye contact with the boot. I am packing the boot. Don't look at it. Don't... Oh, Dad. Stay inside. He was just like a Tetris master, that man. All right. Um, as you know, John Hughes mm. wrote the National Lampoon's films... Season two, episode seven, like, review, subscribe. Um, <laughs> then he was in Caddyshack with my beloved Bill. It's all connected, guys. It really is. That's how we do it. This whole thing is like a puzzle for you to put together. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not like American Horror Story or something, like where, where it all suddenly anyway, comes together. Yeah. It's not going to be that way. Sorry. Um, he made Modern Problems in 1980 and he almost died. Really? What happened to him? He got electrocuted, just like me. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was a light, lights malfunctioned and an electrical current passed through his arm. Similar to when you're 80-year-old. Well, I was going to say I called Amber the other day because a glue gun that has been in my family longer than I have been in my family <laughs> exploded while I was making a bunting to top a birthday cake for Steph. Shout out, Steph. Shout out, Tom. Yeah. Happy birthday, Steph. And um, it tripped the power. Uh, and then when I called Amber, I started talking about all of the different times I've been electrocuted. And when you say them, like, all together at once, it's a lot. Like, there's a lot. Of, I it's, it's kind of a miracle I'm alive, amongst other things. Like, the electrocution is one, but there's loads of things I should have died from. Look, just... Talking about electrocutions, I, I would really appreciate if you could take a little more care in the future. That's fair enough. Thank you. I mean, maybe I shouldn't have been using a glue gun from the 80s, but I don't, you know, I like to use things no, till they look, really die. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes maybe with electricals, <laughs> that rule doesn't ends apply. Here. <laughs> it ends here. It's over. <laughs> um, so Chevy had a really shit time after this. Like his second marriage was ending and he was just feeling really low after the accident. Poor little rich boy. But then, <laughs> <laughs> but then he married his third wife, Janie Luke, in 1982, mm-hmm. the year of my sister's birth, and they have three daughters together and they're still together now. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. And then came Fletch in 1985. Yeah. I think there were two Fletch films. Yeah, Fletch Lives. It's it. And um, also in the early 2000s, Kevin Smith was going to make a third with boner inducer Jason Lee. Oh! It didn't happen though. Uh, And I believe there's a third one being made right now and John Hamm is (gasps) the lead. Hamm. Hamm. I love Hamm. Is it Christmas already? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Maybe it is. (laughs) Have you seen like there's like a thing online of his 
dick outline in his pants. <laughs> just like, oh my god! Just like a series of images with like how hot his dick is. I mean, he's hot in the face too. He's hot all over. Hot in the face. Hot in the dick. <laughs> That's what you want. That's what you want. That's what you want. Also, he has a hot voice. He's a hot, hot, he's hot, hot, hot. Triple threat. <laughs> That's a triple threat. It used to be singing, dancing, and acting, and now it's now just, just like, voice, dick, and face. Yeah, I love it. You heard it here first. Okay. <laughs> so then in 1985 came my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. The Three Amigos. Oh, Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah, Chevy had a great time filming this. I mean, like, I imagine it would be so much fucking fun yeah. filming a comedy with your busy mates. Oh, how fucking good would that be? So, and then after that, Marty, Stevesy, and <laughs> Chevy hosted <laughs> SNL together and they are the only people ever to host as a threesome. I want to see. Dirty Deluxe. Um, should we mention I was going to do Steve Martin, but I was like, oh, yeah. There's nothing here. Because Steve Martin's my big daddy favorite. <laughs> He's the daddy in this situation. <laughs> He's my sex daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. But, but he, there's no dirt. No dirt. Very little. Not enough. Wasn't worth it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of busy mates, we get to one of your faves. <gasps> The film clip too, You Can Call Me Out. Oh, so good. From the pivotal album Graceland by Paul Simon. Yes. As someone with few skills, one of which is being able to perfectly mime a song at a funny part and nailing it, this film clip speaks to me very deeply. I have this on my list of things to talk about of why I love Chevy Chase so much Mm. and why I initially loved him. We'll get to that later. So good, though. Like, he is Perfection. brilliant. Yeah. Um, also, I know that, like, Chevy is more than 6'3 in height, but when they stand together, <laughs> it really accentuates how teeny Paul Simon is. Yeah, I love it. He came into my, speaking of, like, like meeting twins. celebrities, like, he came into my work once and he is a really teeny tiny man. Cool. He had all these, like, big security details oh. with him as well, which also accentuated his, like... Divinous. Teeny tiny. I'm a tiny scared man. But Chevy... <laughs> I mean, that's okay to be scared. But Chevy... <laughs> I don't think he's scared. <laughs> Why does he have those dudes with him? Because he is arrogant. Okay. Um, <laughs> Chevy and Paul are best friends, which is super cute. I love. Chevy hosted the Academy Awards in 1987, which is a bloody big deal. Mm-hmm. And he can actually play the saxophone. And he played the saxophizzle at a concert with BFF <laughs> Paul. Oh, that's mm. nice. Skills for days. Oh, that's nice. Unlike me, just miming. <laughs> uh, in 1986, Chevy seek treatment for the painkiller addiction at the, that I mentioned before at the Betty Ford Clinic. And this was because of what I said. Like he constantly fell on his butt yeah, and right. did physical comedy. So it was like, give me like Vicodin. Exactly. Is that it? Maybe. I mean. Oxycontin. I don't know. I don't know what they had back then. Who knows? Vicodin sounds fun. I don't know what it is. Is it just codeine? Send us some. Um. <laughs> what is Vicodin? 
Tell us. You didn't even say it was Vicodin. I, <laughs> I, I have no idea. I don't know what it is, but I want it. Uh, in 2016, he also he went back into rehab for an alcohol addiction. Right. There's a lot of parallels in our well, story. He's, he's a fun time guy. Ooh, I don't um, think that Bill had had treatment. No, but also, yeah, well, there, there are some similarities between the two for sure after oh, listening yes, to yours. definitely. So after that, the National Lampoon movies just kept coming. Yeah. If it ain't broke, am I right? Don't fix. But if it is broke, leave him. In the 1990s, Chevy's career started to slow, but peaks and troughs. Yeah. You know, up how and it goes. ups and downs. Yeah. It's basically lockdown life in a nutshell. It's a <laughs> roller coaster, baby. And it's uh, not a, yeah, it's, no, not, it's of not of love. It's absolutely yeah. not of love. He got some Razzie Awards. Um, he kind of owned his slight demise, which I appreciated. You know, own it, love it. He's like, I'm rich. I've said it once. I'll say it a thousand times. Own your shit. Uh, so he did a little <laughs> Super Bowl ad in 1994. There was like more than one. Mm. Money. <laughs> money, 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 money. And in one of the ads, they were. All for Doritos, delicious. Um, and one of them, he's like running to save this senior lady from this like inevitable accident on a building site. And then this like producer or some such person like interjects the scene and says he's cancelled and his ratings are terrible. Anyways, like I really enjoyed the fact okay. that he was just like, okay, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Has a sense of humor about himself. Hmm. Um, or he likes money. I think it's, yeah, probably more. The latter. Okay. But um, uh, <laughs> Chevy has also featured in an episode of Law and Order, Brothers and Sisters, Funny or Die. Law and Order? Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. And uh, Family Guy. And then in 2009 he started starring in the show Community, which people yes! gag over. I gag. 60 award nominations, 11 wins. And Kara still is like, I won't like No, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I've never been that into it, but after we had a conversation, I'm going I'm going to give it another shot because you're really clever and beautiful and <laughs> funny and I want to watch it. It's a bit like Parks and Rec, like first season. Give it a chance. But you've got to learn oh, Parks and Rec. those people's personalities and then you understand the brilliance. Mm. I'm, I'm willing to give it another go. So he he left Community in 2013, but um, as is his way, he returned for like cameos and shit. Yeah. Chevy has some strong political views, which I enjoy. You have a platform, let's use it. That's mm-hmm. my opinion. Still love you, Dolly, but that's how I feel. Um, at one benefit he attended, he said George W. Bush was an, and I quote, uneducated real lying schmuck. And then he yeah. followed it up with dumb fuck. <laughs> I mean, he, he he's not mincing his words. Dumb fuck really sums it up. Mm. There's nothing more you need to say. I'm trying to think. There's like a really, no, I can't remember it. Also, you know, dumb fuck. Ableist language. Uh, which we understand, but we know what he means. We do. I was going to mention that Chevy is musically talented and it makes sense as clearly it runs in his family, but he has perfect pitch 
Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Jelly. And he played, you do too, babe. Um, I, I absolutely do. <laughs> he played in um, a band when he was in college with Donald Fagan and Walter Becker, who in years to come formed Steely Dan. <gasps> I think my mum likes Steely Dan. <laughs> well, I listen to them today because I just love that song that I sang a bit of that probably no one can decipher. Okay, that's enough. We're going to get sued. Um, Chevy was in like a bunch of other bands too, but I thought it was worth mentioning. I like that he's a music guy. Yeah, and then like the Paul Simon thing. I like it all. it's brilliant. Well, that brings me to an important question in this episode. So now you blindingly beautiful creature, tell me why you love him. Look, I've already discussed how I love... Funny Farm, I love Christmas Vacation the best. The original one is also excellent. Mm-hmm, Wally mm-hmm. World, who wouldn't want to go to Wally World. <laughs> um, and there's like, and that gross, they're gross cousins. I just love that. Yeah. I think I had gross cousins too. No offense if you're listening. Do you know who you are? I don't know. Call we me. We all have some gross cousins. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I loved... Those Paul Simon clips, and I, I'm pretty positive that that's how I discovered him, like as a little kid, because my mom was. You heard like, it here. Amber Jones discovered Chevy Chase. No, I mean, no, I kidding. discovered him for myself. Okay. Like, my mom was pretty into watching video clips in the morning. I on love the weekend, that. And that's what we did um, to find new music and to look at people because it's fun. It is. Um, and I was like, I love him. I don't think my parents even really loved that Paul Simon album, but I was pretty into it as a small child. Mm. I had good taste. You uh, did. And then, you know. You do. I love Community very, very much, as I've also said. I also just think he's like, he's got like a waxy face. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> no. <laughs> like he's, he's. Like a wax work? Like he's. I think he was hot when he was younger. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I think he was really hot, but he he just doesn't look quite real. You know what I care about. He doesn't look real. Mm-hmm. He's like he's he looks waxy. He's too perfect. Like like a, a Granny Smith apple. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I can't eat that. It's too perfect. One time, I was working at this store when I was. I don't know, fucking young as shit, 20, 19, mm-hmm. and this guy came in and he was like, he had a waxy superhero face. <laughs> so I love this. <laughs> he kind of looked like a mix between, actually he looked like a mix between Chevy Chase and like John Hamm, Ooh. but young, quite mm-hmm. young. And then we Jumpy went on all these dates. And I, <gasps> oh, oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, my God, I was joking. You did no, no, Jumpy's no. He asked me out and yes. I was like, is this some kind of fairy tale? Because <laughs> I was like a dirty little feather, oh you know. Oh, my God. And that, it was the 90s and he looked like a superhero. Anyway, look, it didn't end well. Wait, was this in the hardware store? Where did you say? No, this is like when I was like in my 20s in this like trinkety hippie shop in right. the mountains. And after, but you know, after we had sex, he said it would be cool if you could clean the place up a bit. 
No. I'm going to go out. Can you clean the place up a bit? Wait, wait was this at his back. house? Yes, yes, yes. That was at his house. Oh. Um, and I said, no, 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 no. No, I, I was quite scared when he said that. And then I said, okay, cool. <gasps> and so he left and I like got dressed and fucking left. Left that fucking apartment and never saw him again. Oh my God. But he was like hot. <laughs> But Clean I the place up a bit. Yeah, very weird. That is so fucked up. One time when I was so poor. I think lip- it was just because he was so handsome. But where he do you he get off? With handsomeness. Waxy, no. handsome face. No. I mean, obviously I said no, but. Yeah, one time I was going to say when I was really poor living in London, I was living with seven men and one of them was my boyfriend and they were so filthy and disgusting, except for my boyfriend who was extremely clean. And then they said that, can we pay you to clean the house? And I was so fucking offended. But I was so hungry and poor that I did it. Oh, look. Anyway. Anyway, did he look like another time? (laughs) Absolutely fucking not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Chevy Chase is hot. Boom. We're going to get into some things now. So Chevy has been widely criticised for being a racist and making racist comments. Has he? Yeah. I just thought, I mean, maybe I, I don't know. I just saw well, I'm gonna tell you. his character on Community and thought, what a funny joke. In an article from People magazine by Joel Goldstein, where she interviewed Pete Davidson, who is also, he was on Saturday Night Live. Pete Davidson? Yeah, he was like engaged to Ariana. Yeah, the Big hot, Ariana. He is so hot. <laughs> Big oh. Ariana. Don't you think it's funnier to say Big Ariana? Yeah, she's of like the time. Ariana Grande. <laughs> Ar- Ariana Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. Anyway, that guy is so hot. Are you fucking kidding? I love him. I was going to say I don't know how I feel about him because I don't know enough no, to make a judgment. I want to fuck him so We bad. are like chalk oh. and cheese right now. He needs to do some like. He's fine. Oh, my God, no, he is not. How dare you? I'm really not doubling down here. I'm sorry. Do you just, think he's hot? I really do think he's really hot. I, th- like, love him. He looks, Were you wearing your glasses when you saw him? Yes. He's a fun time. He's tall. I bet he has a big dick. I'm pretty sure Ariana Jesus actually Christ. even said he has a really big dick. I can't talk about him anymore. It, okay. I, you, I'm so blown away. There's this great movie that he made that he wrote about. Yeah, I think I've seen it. It was it's, boring. The Stoner one. It was boring. It wasn't boring. Mm. Mm. Let's move on. This isn't about him. We've got to move on. We're going to talk about him later though because I'm, I am shook. I'm shook. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Joel writes about his interview on the Howard Stern show where Pete said, he's a fucking dickbag. Yeah. Fuck Chevy Chase. <laughs> Sorry. You forgot what side you're on then. <laughs> so he's a fucking dickbag. Fuck Chevy Chase. He's a genuinely bad racist person I, <gasps> and I don't like him. He's a putz. Woo. Strong words. See? Pete Davidson, hot, not waxy. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be, that's going to sound terrible. That. <laughs> then <laughs> that noise I just made. <laughs> 
Then there's this, which I'm sure a lot of people are aware of, that New Yorker published a feature on Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, if you will, mm-hmm. um, called Donald Glover Can't Save You. And it was written by Tad Friend. And it said the following. Chevy Chase, one of Glover's co-stars, often tried to disrupt his scenes and made racial cracks between takes. People think you're funnier because you're black. That's something Chevy said. This is just me talking. That's something Chevy said on set when he was like in the middle of it. The article goes on. Harmon said, and sorry, I should actually make context. Harmon is Dan Harmon. He is a writer, producer, actor, and comedian, and he created the show Community. Yeah. Back to the article. So Chevy, so it says, Chevy was the first to realize how immensely gifted Donald was and the way he expressed his jealousy was to try and throw Donald off. That is rank. I am. I remember apologising to Donald after a particularly rough night of Chevy's non-PC <gasps> verbiage and Donald said, I don't even worry about it. I'm interjecting here but fuck that and fuck off. Mm. He was jealous and his way of expressing that was to connect Donald's talent to the colour of his skin. Yeah, that's rank. That's fucked. It's fucking ridiculous. It's revolting. It's also very fucked because the character that Chevy Chase plays on that show is this, like, shitty old white guy who is super racist and who is constantly jealous of everybody. Well, there you go. Ugh. Pathetic. Glover told, and the article says, Glover told me, I just saw Chevy as fighting time. A true artist has to be okay with his reign being over. I can't help him if he's thrashing in water, (laughs) but I know there's a human in this somewhere. He's almost too human. Burn. Yeah, that's a sick burn. Fuck you. It is. So then Chevy responded saying, I am saddened to hear that Donald perceived me in that light. Excuse me, Chevy Chase, did my mum just overtake your body? (laughs) I'm just kidding. But like seriously, there's like zero accountability in that I'm sorry you feel that way. I fucking hate that shit. I'm sorry Um, you you feel offended by something I said. That's not an apology. That is not an apology. No. Why don't you lick your asshole because that's not an apology. (laughs) Why don't you just say nothing? I think it's better. Um, at the end of the sentence in that article read, Glover quit in the fifth season, too bored to do it anymore. Yeah, well, he, he was better than that show. Mm. Still, it's a really good show. I want to watch it. I'm going to give it another go. Also, just a note, Dan Harmon and Chevy have had this, like, on and off again, like, fiery feud for ages. But Dan Harmon's a dick who has sexually assaulted and harass women, allegedly, I should Ooh. say, and who makes foul rape jokes. So, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Maybe we hate community then. Yeah. Rape jokes are never funny. We've mm, said it. No. Well, I don't know how many times I can say it, but it's not funny. Shove it, Dan. Um, there's a great Washington Post profile <laughs> on Chevy Chase written by Jeff Edges. He says Chevy maintains... That what he said to Donald was, it was a joke. Huh. 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 Hilarious. 
Uh, in this article, he also says that he saw Glover for the first time after all this came out at some like anniversary SNL episode. And he said, I never saw a guy turn white so fast. What? Which honestly is the most ill thought out description <laughs> oh, or comment about a black man after you've made a comment about the colour of his skin. Like that's so fucking silly. <sighs> Gross. No, Think no. Think before you speak. Wait, who, who did he say that to? Uh, he said it in this Washington Post profile. Oh, my God. That's, you've got time. To think about <laughs> where he goes. He says other stuff in this, which is just like, dude, do you know what's happening? You know this man is not your friend. He's a journalist. Anyway, um, <laughs> he put he he puts down Lorne Michaels, the prolific screenwriter and producer of SNL. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. He says no, thank you. He says uh, first of all, between you and me, and a lamppost, geez. I don't want to put down Lorne or the cast, but I'll say maybe off the record, I'm amazed that Lorne has gone so low. I had to watch a little of it and I just couldn't fucking believe it. Is that about like new? Yeah. And I mean like it's an interview, Chevy. What you say is fair game and it's all on the fucking record. Why? Also, like, Lorne fucking made you, bro. Why are you putting down, first of all, Lorne Michaels, but also comedians who are coming up Yeah, and doing a lot better than you fucking are right now? Absolutely. You have turned me against him so quickly. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever turned this quick. (laughs) Except for when you met me. Uh, Okay, so back to the racism. Um, Chevy seems to have a bit of a temper on him and one time on the set of Community he was getting more and more aggressive and he was annoyed by his, like, character storylines and they they were on set, they were like filming. And then he had a burst of rage and he said something along the lines of soon you'll have me be call so soon you'll have me calling Troy or Shirley the N-word. <laughs> but he obviously said the actual word, which I will not do. Um Troy and Shirley are played by Donald Glover and Yvette Nicole Brown, and both are black actors. Yes. Just to be clear. Um he did apologise for this after. And I really, I think he really hated working on Community. Yeah, it sounds like he did. He said in an interview with the Huffington Post that the hours are hideous and it's still a sitcom on television, which is probably the lowest form of television. Oh, well, la-dee-da, Mr Fancy Mayflower. The, I mean, <laughs> what is the highest form that he thinks he should be on, for fuck's sake? Or what's the highest form that he's done? Honestly, I think that community is obviously not as good as like Parks and Rec or The Office or 30 Rock, but it's pretty close. Same vein. It's smart. Smart comedies. Yeah. Um, He's known for being... Rather arrogant, no surprises there, really. No, that's like definitely a it's vibe. It's pretty much every single fucking person we've ever <laughs> spoken about. Uh, he sometimes seems a bit resentful and bitter mm-hmm. and I think he was like casted that way sometimes but I also think there's like truth to the joke. Yeah, well now I think there's 
Definite truce to the joke of the character and community for show. Mm. So you spoke, obviously, at the beginning of the episode about my dear, sweet, beautiful Bill. Won't you marry me, Bill? That song's actually about me and my dog. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Don't worry, I know. I know. Um, I watched a number of interviews with various people discussing this particular incident. So Chevy, I'm going to start from the top. Chevy knew John Belushi for a long time. And the story goes that John was talking a lot of shit on Chevy to the rest of the SNL cast. Because he left? No, this is before he left. I think it's before he left. Um, And he was really honing that shit talking towards Bill. So basically John's (gasps) talking a lot of shit to Bill. I'm like, how dare you? And then I'm like, oh, Bill also is a bit of shit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So Chevy says John was also jealous of him and that's why he did that. Makes sense. So there was a confrontation backstage. Chevy was hosting... Bill and Chevy, they weren't that familiar. They knew each other though, but um, Chevy went into, this is from his perspective, he went into Bill's dressing room right before the show and there were words. And at that moment when he came into the dressing room and they started kind of like having an altercation, Chevy realised John had been the instigator of this animosity between him and Bill because he said he could see it on his face basically. Belushi did this. Yeah. Because he's like. <laughs> well, I think he was like, ooh, um, right. more like that. And so Chevy said Bill charged him at the door and he'd done some boxing and he was ready for a fight. <laughs> and so they started to like go at it and John tried to stop it but ended up just getting hit a few times by both <laughs> of them. Well, that's what you get. Then Bill's brother, Brian Doyle Murray, He's the other actor. Exactly. He, um, according to Chevy, went behind him and held his arms back. These were boys from Chicago. Don't Um, fuck with a boy from Illinois. (laughs) Oh, that was great. Thank you. I just came up with that Can someone please put that on a bumper sticker? If you're from Illinois and you're a boy, can you make that? Yeah. (laughs) Or anyone. Or a B-O-I from Illinois. Yeah. I mean, you can just imagine the calamity. Can you? And, and they're just about to fucking go on stage. That's so hectic. Also, can I just say, because I think I didn't mention this earlier, that his brother Brian mm. is that guy, I think, I could be wrong, I'm not going to Google it, but I think he's the guy who in Groundhog Day announces the, oh, he's like, Tony Phil says, another six weeks a winner. And he's in like a bunch of things. Anyway, continue. I will. Um, on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, little glorious pot stirrer that he is, he's um, speaking with goddesses of SNL alumni Jane Curtin Oof. and Lorraine Newman. And a viewer like comes on and asks a question. Um and she asked them about the incident where they had a big fight and they said there was the same kind of tension you would experience in like a family fight. Yeah, right. But they didn't know each other. <laughs> I know. But I think it was like maybe, yeah. I don't know, the intensity. Which is actually pretty intense. It is. Um, <laughs> Jane says, and I quote, 
there were these two bull mooses going at each other. The testosterone was surging. Ew. And I mean, bull mooses, what a great description for these two men. Like, I like it. Isn't it great? A bull moose. And then Lorraine says, I think they knew the one thing they could say to one another that would hurt the most. Oh, yes. So what were these alleged insults? I know what Chevy said. Murray told Chase to go home and fuck his wife. And Chase. Okay. Chase, well, they were about to get a divorce, so I guess. Oh, okay. um, And then Chase told Murray his face looked like something Neil Armstrong had landed on. Which is super mean. Mm. Also, I cannot think of another actor who has visible acne scars. Than Bill Murray? Besides uh, Kanicki from Grease. (laughs) (laughs) I, I cannot... I mean, like, Kendall Jenner. Had yeah, but they're <laughs> but they're visible in all in all his eighties. But do you know why I think that is because of developments in skincare? Like literally, I think that's yeah, what it probably. is. You're, you're I feel actually, like he was probably just like left in the lurch, and it was just like, sorry, no, kid. You're totally right. But even when I was watching Groundhog Day yesterday, I was like, it it's great that there is yeah. A leading man with acne scars. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. Um, I think there was probably like a level of concern for Chevy that Bill was being like cultivated to be his replacement on the show. So that was probably like pretty threatening to him. Yeah. Right? So um, he's like, He's going to be the daddy in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway because they've played golf together since and um, not long after that they actually made Caddyshack together. So I guess the hatchet is buried. They're fine. Ring, ring. Who's there? It's our old nemesis, misogyny. Oh, hi. Rack off. Now let's discuss it. Let's get into it. (laughs) Stick around, misogyny. We're going to talk about you. So Will Ferrell said that Chevy once stated to a female writer on SNL, maybe you could give me a handjob later. Ew! Willie also said, I don't know if he was on something or what, if he took too many back pills that day or something. Um, Wow. Uh, when Chevy spoke about SNL star and just general babe and goddess and hilarious powerhouse, Kirsten Wig, he said, I liked her a lot. She had two things going for her. She had clear-cut chops and she was pretty. Oh. But what happened to her? Where did she go? I think she's doing pretty okay. I, yeah, think, I think she's, she's, she's doing like, good, Chevy. She's yeah. making really funny movies. Yeah, and I think it's, it's not necessarily because she's fucking pretty, it's because she's an incredibly intelligent and hilarious performer and writer, you dick. Why don't you go suck a dick? Oof. I mean, a gross dick, though. Not John Hams. (laughs) Not John Hams and not um, that guy you hate that I want to bone. Pete Davidson. Thank you. Uh, I don't hate him. (laughs) I just am in no way attracted to him. Uh, In an article on a website called Pins and Patrons. (laughs) Who knows that? Sounds legit. We'll see. (laughs) It stated that Chevy's divorce from his second wife, Jacqueline, included her um, suing him for alleged threats of violence against her. So they have that in common. That is 
They should bond over it. I bet. Uh, He's defended men. And funnily enough, this is another commonality, Uh including Dustin Hoffman for their actions of alleged assault. Yeah. It's okay if uh, Dustin Hoffman didn't sexually assault you, Chevy. Mm -hmm. Um, But he might have sexually assaulted an intern. Mm -hmm. And it's nice if you, I mean, it would be nice if you could possibly entertain the fact. Yeah, just entertain it. Fucking creep prick. Sorry. There's a Gawker article by. a writer, Max Reed, titled He's Not Chevy, He's an Asshole: A History of Chevy Chase's Horrific Behaviour. Fun. Near the beginning of the article, Reed writes, I heard a recent story about Chevy unloading on a nervous intern who spilled a small amount of Coca-Cola in front of Chase and SNL creator Lorne Michaels. And Chevy said, why don't you piss in it? Which is like... So gross. And it's also not the same thing. It's just, it's like the, it's a power play at the weakest possible. Yeah, like why? This person's not even getting paid, you fucking uh, piece of shit. Why do that? Chevy Chase is done. <laughs> <laughs> I win. Um, I must say that this article was extremely helpful because basically there's a timeline of all Chevy's dickbag behaviour. <laughs> so thank you, Max Reed, and thank you, Gorka. Good job. Brother. Um, he shat pretty much every member of SNL off throughout the time of his tenure. Um, he was quite cruel and mean. Mm, like little he, like Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar. Like he'd pick someone's, like, vulnerability and then he'd just Pick at it, but he'd do it in open forums like meetings so or like read throughs. Yeah, it's fucking it's, gross. It's honestly my worst nightmare. <laughs> I know. I think it's everyone's worst nightmare. It's, it's, that uh, you have to work with someone who knows everything that will upset you and then says it in front of everyone. And then what do you do? You cry? No, you can't. Like, fuck that. I know. It's hard. I, I would cry. Um, in this article, there's a quote from one of the writers of SNL and they said, Chevy was a scumbag the way he left, deceitful and dishonest about the whole thing. Mm. It also said, and I quote, when staff writer Tom Davis asked why he was leaving, Chevy said, money, <laughs> a lot of well, money. that's honest. Yeah, money's nice though, so I get that. Yeah. Terry Sweeney is an American actor and he was the first openly gay member of the SNL crew. Hmm. Um, on the show, Chevy weighed Terry to check if he had AIDS. Um, that what? was a weekly bit. <gasps> Chevy eventually apologised. No. And Terry was quoted saying he was really furious. That is? He had to apologise to me. Absolutely the most disgusting thing I've ever heard yeah. in my entire life mm. on this podcast, mm. maybe. Mm. That is fucking revolting. Like in what way is that funny? In what world is that funny? I don't know. Wow. So in Max's article, Tim Meadows, I know him from many things, notably a film I rewatched recently, Mean Girls, where he plays the principal of the school, the limit does not exist. Yeah. 
So he said when he was when he was here, it was like just watching a car accident over and over again, just watching him deal with people. And Will Fell said he was a little snobbish, which is expected. The Mayflower guys. Um, our wonderful Kevin Smith, who, if you've listened to our Sibos episode with uh, Ben and Casey Affleck, season three, <laughs> episode seven, you'll know about him. Well, he had a meeting with Chevy about creating a rehashed version of Fletch. And this is again from Max's article. Thanks, Max. Uh, Kevin said, at the lunch, Chevy went on to claim he invented every funny thing that ever happened in the history of not just comedy, <laughs> but also the known world. Oof. You ever sat down with somebody who claimed responsibility for stuff he did and didn't do? It's really off-putting. You know what? Like, I don't think that Kevin Smith is perfect in any realm. Mm. Uh, however, I do think that he seems like like a pretty normal, sweet person. Yeah. Maybe we'll do him one day. Maybe we'll find something to. bad on him. I don't know. I don't think his movies are, like, life-changing, amazing. No. But I think if he was to, like, come out and say something like that. That's that's trusted information to me. Like, that's real. Oh, you you, you mean you believe the validity of that statement? Absolutely. Why? I mean... Well, Chase said that he lied afterwards. He came out and said that he lied about that. Really? Mm -hmm. He said it was a big lie. Well, that's funny that I just said that because he's not lying. Mm. He's not a liar. Mm. Um, he was roasted once, which is like, you know, that's quite a thing to be roasted in Hollywood, which is really weird, but, like, it is a big deal. Uh, so he's like, when I say roasted, I mean, like, the okay. Hollywood yeah, roast. I don't mean, like, a fun Sunday roast with Yorkies. No, no they didn't gravy. put him in the oven. They, no, not they, in a baking dish. They said mean things about him. They did. They laughed. didn't put butter under it and garlic under his skin and roast <laughs> But it was all in good fun. Yeah, so in Reed's article he talked about this roast and how no one showed up. Like, <gasps> Ooh. You, I know. Like you think, think about the plethora of actors, comedians, producers, writers that Chevy has worked with in his very vast career and no one even wanted to roast him. Because they're like, I just like genuinely hate him. It's I can't, fucking sad. Like, I can't make fun of him and... Good fun. Exactly. I mean, I think it sheds a very stark light on the fact of how many fucking burnt bridges there are. Suck it, dude. You know what, that actually, that reminds me, I saw this really great Instagram thing, which maybe, I don't know if it was from Twitter, but I saw it on Instagram, but it was... (laughs) It was posted by someone called Trash Jones, which may be you. No relation. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But Brian Jones, there is a relation. Yeah. Um, But she said, I think think it's a she. I'm just going to assume because that's my default because it hasn't been the default for all of time, so now it is. Let's give it a she. Um, She said, well, well, well. If it isn't the bridge, I said I'd cross when I came to it. And I love it and I feel so seen. Do you know how many times I say in working things, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it? Yeah. I think that says a lot about my motivation as a co-worker and a worker in general. 
Yeah. So it's nice to be like, <laughs> I knew this was coming. Fuck. Well, well, well. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think all I want to say now is good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. Yeah, thank you. I hate him. That's all I've got for Chevy Chase. I think uh, I haven't, I don't think I've uncovered anything too groundbreaking. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I knew yeah. that. I, I think I thought he was probably a bit of a jerk mm. and probably was like a misogynist, but. Yeah. But I, uh, like, I didn't think he was a lovely person. If I sing you, you can call me Owl, will you still love him? No. Okay. Well, well, that's uh, uh, that's all I had planned actually, for tonight. So maybe, I have no fun activities for this evening. After actually, this. maybe I need to give that a go. Mm. Maybe I've gone too high. I've started too high. Did you start too high? Yeah. Wrong. Wrong key. <laughs> our, we are our, high as kites. Our choir mistress would be really mad. Sorry, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the end of that chapter. Oh man. Look, I'm I'm quite furious. We better get you a bottle of wine. Yeah. Just look, a cheeky bottle of wine. Gonna, <laughs> let's just go drink a cheeky bottle of wine and forget about these fucking people. I uh appreciate you listening. We do. We love you. Very much. And don't forget to send us your stories. And if you want to give us any money, you can go to our Patreon and do that. I feel We're not bad. like investment bankers. We work in no. poor industries, all right? Anyway, also the other thing I was going to say is that Amber does a spectacular job on the socials, so you should probably follow us. Sorry he sucks pod on Instagram. That's the Instagram one. <laughs> Just so you know, Amber fed me my lines there. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a Twitter because we, we don't do that. We don't do that. If if anyone wants to be our Twitter guy for free, just like let just us pro know. bono Twitter guy. Just let us know first. That would be cool. What do we do? Oh, I know what we're actually doing. Something we've never done next yes. week. Next week is interesting. Very exciting. Yeah, we have never done mm. these kind of mm. people. Mm. A new kind of artist. That we've not done. I mean, they're not new to the world. No, they're new to the podcast. We haven't tackled. No, we're talking about animators. Mm. Mm, 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 we've got mm, some mm, tales mm, to mm. tell. We've got some things to say. Yeah, and you guessed it, they're fucking big boys. So see you then. Sleep tight, don't let the big bugs bite, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. We have used multiple sources in the research for this podcast. All of these can be found in the show notes. This podcast was written by Kara Nissen and Amber Jones, with music and engineering by Morgan Jones. DJ Morgs! <laughs> Sorry, I like it.